Hello and welcome. I'm starting to feel like, um, you know, good morning, Vietnam, because every time I start the show, I start it with hello and welcome, but I like it, so I'm sticking with it. This is a new spin on autism answers. I'm Lynette Louise, your storyteller host, and this is the place where we go, actually I boldly go, where no podcast person has gone before. I take the concept of autism awareness a step further. I gather together all the information and evidence, come up with some conclusions, and give you answers. So here we go. We're going to have a wonderful show today in the world of autism. Mercury, Mercury, Mercury. Everybody's talking about Mercury. Is it real about immunizations, isn't it real? Does mercury have an effect? So I thought we should tackle mercury, but I wanted to do it with a twist. I want to come at it not so much just directly in the world of autism, but in the world itself. Mercury is one of those things that, uh, mercury is a neurotoxin, and, you know, it's the thing that's in the old-fashioned thermometers where it goes up if it gets hot and down if it gets cold. And it is... It is everywhere. And so very often people hear about mercury in relation to autism, but in fact, it affects every single one of us. So I thought maybe we'd take a look at it from that vantage point. And I'm going to start out by telling you that when I was a kid and I had, because I always start out telling you something about me, uh, when I was a kid and I had my immunization, they did something new, and they did it high on the shoulder, and so the needle broke in my arm. And my whole arm uh, turned, you know, turned green and oozed, and I had red streaking, and we thought I was going to lose my arm. It was really gross. I remember this as being extremely traumatic, and I assumed for years and years and years that the problem that happened after the fact was simply from this infection, but, it, you know, as I developed a sensory integration disorder and different things, and as information about mercury came to the fore in the years to come, I wondered if perhaps it wasn't about the infection so much as it was about what was in the inoculation itself. Because afterwards, I, I had a lot of um, just airheady, unable to think, unable to focus, energy issues, problems remembering, different things like that. And I just became crazy Lynette. So that was my introduction to the world of mercury, but I didn't know it yet. And uh, there's more to that story. I'll tell you about it later. Today's guest has an even bigger, more profound story. Nancy Siegel will be joining us as soon as I tell you what's coming up after her. And um, she's a best-selling author. She's a hypnotherapist. And her story is really, it's just so profound that I don't want to get into it um, the teaser, I just want to tell you that when you hear her story, you're just going to be amazed by what she's overcome and managed to do someplace from the power of her own detective work and, uh, and power of mind. So after her, we'll have the great guest giveaway, and that, of course, will be related to Mercury in some way. It's a brand new element to the show. I'm very excited to begin. And stories from the road. We'll close it all up and bring it back to autism for you, as it always does. So hang in after, uh, after Nancy is finished, because it's well worth staying with me. 
Okay, so our guest today, Nancy Siegel, is, uh, as I said, she's a certified hypnotherapist. She's a best-selling author. She has a new book coming out, and it's about Mercury. So, uh, Mom, Dad, people who are interested in finding out, just hang on for her new information. I'm going to say hello. Hi, Nancy, and thank you so much for joining me. Hi, Lynette. Thank you for having me. Oh, pleasure to be here today. I'm excited to have you as a guest. Your story is just so, as I already said, it's so profound that I really just want to jump right in. So can you tell it? Sure. Uh, I spent about 12 years having multiple symptoms that were uh, intermittent, and I didn't know what I was dealing with. And what happened was uh, through the 12 years that I had this happen to me, the first seven uh, were somewhat mild but even at times debilitating because I, I gradually got would get nauseous and dizziness and it graduated to uh, being able un, unable to get out of bed. And at the time I was doing massage therapy and hypnotherapy and, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd spend all my day in bed because I was so tired and stiff and sore uh, that I couldn't, uh, you know, the only time I'd get out of bed is to go uh, if I had to. And eventually I got diagnosed with fibromyalgia, and that was about seven years into it. And shortly afterwards, about three months afterwards, I wound up in the hospital with my legs paralyzed, and the doctors tested me for about a week, and they came up with nothing. And so they sent me home, and about a month later, I wound up in the hospital again, this time not only with a paralysis, but with severe rigidity and spasming in, throughout my body. Well, the doctors worked on me some more, did a, a multitude of tests, uh, including a couple spinal taps and uh, other non-fun <laughs> tests, and uh, they said it was all in my head. And I didn't believe them, uh, but because I'm a hypnotherapist and I, I know I can access my, my subconscious mind, I was able to uh, do some sessions with myself along with, uh, with a, a multi, uh, multiple therapists to help me. They, what came up was that it started with the letter M and that there was something there and the doctors hadn't found it yet. And so that's what I had to go on for the next several years. Uh, I was, it, it debilitated me. I was uh, often in a wheelchair and a walker. I was, uh, I closed my business because I couldn't, couldn't work anymore. I filed bankruptcy. I, I relied on state assistance. I was in dire straits. And so I uh, just kept going forward and trying to find an answer with several doctors and several hospitals. And in, in, in total, I went to over uh, seven hospitals throughout this time in a, in a period of just a few years, about three years, uh, and saw over a hundred doctors. And, and most every one of them said it was all in my head. And I wouldn't believe it, but I kept, kept going and, uh, you know, it, it isolated me a lot. Uh, I often would find myself, you know, afraid to drive because I was afraid to, that I would uh, become spasming or, or I would have paralysis and so I wouldn't, I wouldn't go anywhere. And uh, eventually I wound up finding the doctor that saved my life and in, in the first visit he was uh, 
a brilliant doctor, and he looked over my medical records and scoffed at them and called a lot of these doctors very ignorant. And he said, go get your amalgams removed and uh, come back and we'll test you for mercury poison. If it's not that, we'll, we'll go on to uh, other things. And so I quickly did that in, in a matter of a couple weeks and came back, and my levels of mercury poisoning were off the charts. And that, at that point, it was not even at my worst. So I have no idea what level I was actually at when I had, when I, when, when I was at my worst. So eventually, through the months of detoxing from the mercury poisoning, I, we did chelation. We, uh, we did it very, in a very low, uh, dosage because it was, my body was so off kilter, uh, that I, that's the only thing that I could do. So after about four or five months, my fibromyalgia symptoms disappeared. And uh, it took about two years total to finally get down to uh, less than, like a suitable level, which is less than about uh, two or three uh, micrograms in the body. And and that's what happened after, you know, so it, so it was a total of 14 years that I spent with mercury poisoning and to come to find out just a couple of years ago that through Dr. Jane Hightower, who is, uh, uh, specializes in 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 mercury poison, she's written a book about it. She has said that Quest, who is one of the largest labs in the country that doctors use to test for heavy metals and other testing, you know, I think we've all heard of heard of this lab. Uh, they have been known not to test properly for mercury poisoning. And on my second hospital stay is when they did the testing for the heavy metals, which could have prevented me from another uh, seven years of of torture. <laughs> you know, it, it, I try really, really, really hard not to become a conspiracy theorist. <laughs> but in in the world of mercury, it's such an enormous effort to not see the degree to which this has all been woven through, um, you know, via government, via, you know, money, big companies, et cetera, et cetera, that it's impossible actually to truly stick with that. And my story is really kind of similar. I started out, as I said at the beginning, with uh, the thing with my arm, and I developed various symptoms as a kid. But then as an adult, I had my um, amalgams removed incorrectly. And so that just washed me with mercury. All of a sudden, I'm being diagnosed with, you know, all the psychosomatic disorders because mm-hmm. I'm going in saying I can't breathe. I can't drive more than five minutes without having to say, sorry, kids, I have to go to sleep again. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. You know, uh, it's a challenge because it, yeah. it affects you neurologically and, or, and, and, um, and through the cognitive abilities. Uh, I suffered the same exact symptoms that you did. Um, like I would wake up at seven o'clock in the morning, and by ten o'clock, I was falling asleep at my desk. Oh, and it was awful because you're right. I mean, I got fibromyalgia, all of the same mm-hmm. thing. I didn't get so bad that I had fourteen mm-hmm. years of paralysis. And here's the yeah. luck for me is that I was in the autism world. I was dealing with kids that had autism, and so I think my path to discovery got shortened by the fact that this is an issue in the world of autism. And I was, you know, looking at my symptoms and knowing that the doctors were incorrect. 
And then I just myself, I read actually Dr. Atkins, you know, the, the diet doctor. Um, I read mm-hmm. one of his books. He mentioned mercury, and I went, duh, mercury's not just autism. You had your amalgams removed incorrectly. Mm-hmm. And Eureka, I, I also chelated. The reason I think it's important to have you on this show and to kind of go through this is because, you know, they knew way back when they started putting mercury in dental filling. They knew that it was a neurotoxin. They knew it wasn't okay. Huh? And they, um, they forced dentists to do this. And otherwise they couldn't join the dental association. And that kind of stuff has continued forward in our society. People like you and me can speak out and say, hey, this is what happened. Whereas many of, oftentimes the child who's got autism is just suffering with this toxicity. Yeah, and, and they don't have out. a voice, unfortunately. Right. right. Uh, and, and even when I was sick, I didn't have a voice. I, I couldn't. I couldn't be my own advocate because I couldn't function properly. I couldn't stick up for myself because my brain function wasn't working properly. When I got, te- I, I had my IQ tested when I was sick, and it was extremely low. And I hope now <laughs> that I got it out of my system. I, I realized that you know my my IQ is probably rebounded. Uh, in in many areas, but uh, you know the the thought process just. Somebody would ask me a question, and it would take me 30 seconds to answer a simple yes or no question, or I'd be speaking and maybe telling the story, and I'd stop in mid-sentence and say, what was I saying? Because I didn't, I couldn't remember. I would just totally blank out, and they would have to refresh my memory, and then I'd be like, oh, okay, and then I'd pick up from there. Thank you uh, for saying that. Thank you, thank you, thank you, because that's It happens. Fact. Yes, it happens. Brain what brain fog is real. Yeah, and that's what I'm yeah. always teaching about how to work with the child with the autism. You have to wait, wait, wait. My IQ dropped 20 points when I had mercury toxicity. Let me reintroduce you. We are speaking today with Nancy Siegel. She's a certified hypnotherapist, best-selling author, written several books, um, Rising Above It, 25 Solid Strategies to Prospering in Adversity, uh, the Queen Legacy. I love that title, by the way. <laughs> Thank God, <laughs> one, volume three. She's got a book coming out about Merck. Um, <laughs> an interesting thing you had mentioned. Wait, 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 wait. I have to say the title oh, of the okay, show, I'm and sorry. then you can talk. <laughs> and this is a new spin on autism answers, and I'm Lynette Louise, your story teacher host, and we are getting into mountains of mercury. So, what were you going to say, Nancy? It's interesting that you uh, mentioned Dr. Atkins because. The doctor who I uh, had for my Rising Above Mercury, uh, Rising Above Mercury, the book that's uh, about to be released, is the foreword is written by Dr. John Salerno, who is out of New York City, who took over uh, Dr. Acton's center, and he specializes in uh, mercury poisoning. So if anybody needs a doctor in the New York area or any, anywhere around the country, he, he's one of the doctors just that I would recommend because he does specialize yes, it and understands that he re- recognizes it. Yeah, it's so interesting that here's the, you know, Dr. Atkins was famous for the whole diet thing, but he was the mm-hmm. one that was doing intravenous vitamin C for antibiotics mm-hmm. and, and clear, cleared out my mercury and got me level. Like it was just such a saving grace for me. And then I turn and I look at 
the kids in my home with autism and I go, Oh dear, here we go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what, what would you say of the whole story? I mean, this is 14 years of just being treated as if it's all psychosomatic, mm-hmm. as if you're just crazy. You ended up in a wheelchair, correct? Yes. Yes. Um, my, so, my symptoms were intermittent, meaning that they would come and go sporadically. Some things would trigger it. Sometimes it would, they would just happen on their own without me even being aware of you know, what could trigger it. So it comes and goes depending, and it reduces. Um, it has a taxing effect on the immune system. And then also because everything's out of balance, you know, it just it, it's like a snowball effect. It just gets worse. So what was the hardest, was the intermittent element the hardest thing? In some ways it sounds like it might be because then it's harder to get people to believe in you. Uh, yes, that was one of the things. Uh, the, being, being that it would come and go and, um, and also that I, w- I didn't know what I was dealing with. I didn't have, I couldn't, if, if I would have known at least something, an answer of like, okay, I know it's cancer, or I know it's diabetes, or I know it's autism, or I know it's this, then I can deal with it, and I can be proactive. Whereas I was being proactive for myself, but not knowing what avenue to take. So I, I really educated myself tremendously on, on supplements, on diets, on uh, all kinds of uh, avenues, to try to help myself. And oftentimes, you know, here I thought I was doing myself a favor by eating, you know, a very healthy meal, thinking that fish was very healthy, but it's not. Fish is one of the biggest uh, Highly holders of, of mercury poisoning. Mercury, yes. yes. So and what is and your, it's not being tested by the FDA. And what's your supposition? Like, what do you believe is the reason that you ended up with mercury poisoning? Uh, that's a loaded question because, uh, you know, uh, I guess we all have to go through our, our, our things and our karma and, um, I, it was a great learning experience for me. I'd never wish it upon anybody else or nor do I want to ever go through something like that again. Uh, but, uh, I also believe that things happen for a reason and, and either I can just sit on what I've been through and not do anything and not bring awareness to the public but I choose to do this. I choose to uh, educate uh, the public in regards to the devastating effects of mercury because, in my, in my opinion, mercury is the new lead poisoning. Okay. But how did you get it? I, I received mercury from three different uh, ways. One was through fish, one was through my dental amalgams, and one was uh, while I was sick I broke a thermometer. And so I was exposed to the mercury in three different ways. The, the, I think the most, uh, I, I can pinpoint the most devastating effects that the mercury had. It was, I can lead it, trace it back to the fish. Because I would go to a good sushi restaurant or I'd be consuming a little bit more fish. Especially because I started off in Hawaii when, when this all started. My fish consumption increased, but I was, a moderate eater of fish. And what happens with mercury is it builds up in your system. It's bioaccumulative. So it builds up in your system. And if you, your body isn't flushing it out as quickly as it's coming in, and it also settles in the cells, then you're going to have 
repercussions. Okay. So um, we're about at the end of our time. I wanted you to uh, sort of share something special, something that you think will really make a difference in everyone's lives, that, you know, kind of your big learning, and also your contact information, anything you want people to know about you and how to get to you. And if you have a book you want to give away, we'll always take one. Okay. <laughs> that sounds good. Well, one, right. of the things, one of the things uh, is is to really be, like to believe in yourself. If you've got, if you're seeing, if you have health issues and you're seeing doctors that are saying this is all in your head, yeah, it, it's a possibility. However, you have to keep the other avenues open and believe in yourself and believe what your gut instinct is and never give up. Uh, keep searching out doctors. Uh, it took me 12 years to find the right doctor. And had I given it, given into what the other doctors were saying, which included doctors at the Mayo Clinic, I would have been dead. I would have not had the strength to go through what I went through. So always believe in yourself. Find yourself a good doctor if you have uh, medical issues. And get, go out and talk to whomever you can uh, as that can guide you to the right person. Uh, I was fortunate enough to have a friend who just handed me the doctor's number, and I had been friends with her for about a year and a half by that time, and never knowing that she had the answer for me, but, it, it, you know, you never know how, how things are going to turn out. So uh, the other thing is is I have the uh, risingaboveit.com uh, as my website. Uh, people can order my Rising Above It book. Uh, I also have you can pre-order the Rising Above Mercury book, and uh, as well as the other books in my subconscious reprogramming uh, audios. And I would love to give away one of my uh, my book. Uh, book or audio or, or service. I mean, if you want to share, share what you think would be the most useful thing to share. Well, uh, let's see. That's a good question. <laughs> um, I, do, I do hypnosis, but I'm limited to the Santa Barbara area. And uh, people can always contact me through for hypnosis, and uh, which is, in my opinion, probably the most valuable service anybody can provide for uh, for to change one's life, uh, to change behavior patterns, empowerment. And it, I've used it throughout my entire life to overcome some incredible obstacles. And I'm a firm believer, you know, it saved my life. How did and, it help you with mercury? How did being a hypnotist? Therapist help you with mercury because I understood how the mind works and that we have the power within us to find answers. We have the power within us to overcome incredible odds, which I have proven to myself. It hypnotherapy will enable you to overcome any like most any adversity and get through it. And uh, I used it for healing. I used healing techniques with myself. I used uh, uh, other methods to to go into my past and access answers from there to see if it was some kind of tra- childhood trauma that was making me sick. And and it wasn't. Uh, so it helps you to stay to stay strong and stay focused. I'm going to have to close it. Absolutely. Yeah. Would it be fair, Nancy, to say to people that they can uh, contact you via your website? Say they heard that you're going to give them a small 
discount uh, <laughs> because they heard you on this show for their Absolutely. very first visit. Okay, let's do that, and I'll leave it up to you and them okay. to work that out. Thank you so much for sharing your journey. I really appreciate that you were here. Well, thank you for having me, Lynette. I really appreciate it, and I wish you the best with your autism answers. Okay, thank you so much. Okay, and that was Nancy Siegel with a very inspirational story. Next up, we have the brand new section, the great guest giveaway. Actually, I shouldn't say it like that because that's how I say what comes after the great guest giveaway, which is stories from the road. Someday I'll have actual echo effect and stuff, but I won't have to do that with my voice. Anyways, <laughs> just uh, as a means of introducing the next guest, I wanted to kind of wind up what we were talking about before. Um, on the subject of chelation, when I had mercury toxicity and I chelated, it made me sick. I ended up with extreme pain and a lot of difficulty focusing. Even, even though the mercury had caused focus issues, that had come in waves. So I'd be fine, and then I'd have this wave. Uh, when I chelated, I had a great number of days where I was just in a lot of pain and constantly struggling with energy. I found it quite difficult. And then I gave it another try, um, and I went through the same thing, even though I made sure to replenish all of my minerals correctly. So I found myself not wanting to do chelation. It was too strong on me. Therefore, I felt like it was probably too strong for my children. And my son, Rye, for example, is loaded with uh, mercury in his mouth. He's just got so many fillings. But I don't see any signs of regression. I do neurofeedback. I see nothing but progression. So no part of me wants to put him through the possible uh, toxic effects of having his amalgams changed. However, I have always been in search of other less intrusive ways of removing mercury from the system, at least the free-floating mercury that's causing the issues. And I've tried, found a, you know, a number of ways of doing that for myself and for my sons and for my clients internationally. While I was at a conference recently for neurofeedback, I saw a new product, or at least it was new to me. It's called Biomat. And well, you know what? Instead of me telling you, I'm going to introduce my great guest giveaway guest and let her tell you about the Biomat because this is my new section where I give people with products a chance to infomercial their product in case you guys want to know about them. So this is Marilyn Cobb, and she's from the Biomat store. Hi, Marilyn. Hi. How was that for an introduction? Was that all right? That was perfect. That okay. was perfect. Wonderful. So I met uh, you at the conference, and my son, who I had dragged along, because I like to drag in places, gave it a try, and it definitely had an effect on him. I didn't do it enough times to really have uh, an opinion on, you know, long-term effects or anything like that, so I thought you could share with us some of what you've seen and what you love about the biomatter, just basically whatever you want to say about it. Well, thank you for this opportunity. Uh, the Biomat is a great healing tool uh, for a lot of conditions. But one of the primary things it is used for is detoxification. So it does get the heavy metals out of the body. 
mercury included. It is similar to the far-infrared sauna, which many practitioners use and many people do have in their homes. However, it's much, much easier to use. It's very gentle to use, and it's actually fun to use. Well, let me describe it for the people. Is that okay? I'll just describe what we experience. So basically, it's literally what it sounds like. It's a mat, and you just lay on it. So um, my first question is, would it be possible to sort of put it underneath your sheets and go to bed with it on? Some people do that. Um, You can even cushion it. If it's too hard, you can cushion it a little bit with um, natural fibers are suggested, but lamb's wool or... um, comforters, quilts, to just soften it if it is used, especially for a child. And it can be very unintrusive, you know, just a very gentle, low, nurturing, warming kind of heat. And then it can also be used at higher levels. But for the children, the gentle, um, warming heat seems to work very well. And would they be able would you be able to use it every day? Is there, is there a limit to how often you can use it? Actually no. Uh, no as in they often. can't use it. <laughs> yeah, well, there are no limits. Honestly, some people sleep on it all night. Some people use it for therapy sessions or detox sessions during the day. Okay, now in support of your Matt, I have to point out that I had called you a little bit earlier and wanted to know if you wanted to tape the podcast with me. And you were going to use your mat for a little bit before we got on to do the interview because it, you said it replenishes you. Okay, so you use your own product. <laughs> oh, I'm on it every day. Why? What does every, it do for you? Every day. Um, if I have aches or pains, it removes aches or pains. So it's, it's good for pain. If I feel like I'm getting sick, I use it at a higher level, like a sweat, like it's sometimes called fever therapy, and it can actually kick out a virus or a bug before it gets a hold of you, or if you do get sick, it can help you get through something like that much more quickly. But on a daily basis, I use it for stress reduction and relaxation and rejuvenation. It seems to me that if we can deeply relax, even if it's only for a few minutes, we are replenished. To me, it's like a reset for the whole nervous system. I call it the world's greatest power nap. It's feeling wonderful. You're detoxing, you're improving your circulation, you're cleansing the cells in the body so the body can heal. And these are known scientific benefits. You can Search on the internet the benefits of far infrared and you'll find that that's what far infrared does. Well, this is an FDA medical device, correct? Yes, it is. And then besides the far infrared, which is phenomenal on its own, they've added the use of negative ions and amethyst crystal to this biomat, which seems to increase the efficacy of the benefits of the far infrared. So okay. people get get amazing healing results, and it's and you're going to give something away, right? I am going <laughs> because to give away. I'm yeah. I'm actually um, going to offer a choice of um, a ten percent discount on a biomat, 
a or a um, alkaline water bottle, like a travel water bottle, and you can use it will filter in slightly ionized regular tap water. So okay, so let's say um, I believe the 10% mm-hmm. might be the more valuable, so the first person can get that one, and the okay. second person can get the water bottle. How's that sound? That's fine. All right, so on a first-come, first-serve, how do they contact you? My toll-free number is 866-952-8111. And what website should they go to in order to check this out? The biomatstore.com. You have to put the in front of it. The well, I'll also put, a, as always, I'll, I'll put a, a link on the website so people will be able to check for you um, in case they didn't have a pen when they were listening. So I'll make sure to put the biomatstore.com. Yeah. And, and then, of course, they do have to call directly to get their gift. Okay. Fantastic. First come, first serve. That's the gift. And what's the coolest thing you ever saw happen as a result of the biomat? Real quick, because i got to go. Oh, my goodness. I guess I, I have to say, honestly, it was a dog, but this dog was so elderly and it could hardly move. It was on its last legs, literally, and its owners lifted it up and put it on the biomat, and it just relaxed and relaxed and relaxed. And it got up, and it could walk. And the next day, it wanted to go out and play. And it was it no. Was that's a, that's a great that's a great end story because <laughs> obviously it wasn't placebo. <laughs> if, if the dog did it, and also one of the things I was thinking about is that your product um, should the people love it? Because of course, you know, this is up for people to figure out. Um, it certainly would be easy for the parents to use for stress, even though they're using it for perhaps mercury for their child. So it works for the family, which is always my favorite thing. Um, yeah. Okay. Thank you, thank you, thank you for talking to us today and for offering up some product on our brand new great guest giveaway section. And this is Marilyn Cobb. Thanks, hon. Thank you. Uh, bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. And that was Marilyn Cobb from the Biomat store. So we are very lucky today. We have great stuff. Um, now, the very best part. It's time for Stories from the Road. Do you remember, I, I just before talking to Marilyn, I was saying that for myself, I was always looking for other ways to chelate, ways that were, you know, gentler which is why I was interested in uh, talking to you know, Marilyn about the biomat because I find that when we bring mercury out through the skin, like with baking soda baths, which you know, cheap as can be, uh, Epsom salt baths, cheap as can be, uh, even clay baths, a little bit more expensive but extremely powerful, uh, the various ion types of baths, the foot baths, but, you know, there's many, many ways of pulling toxins out of the body. And I find that they are less intrusive and have less of a a kind of a kickback to the clients that I see use them. When I have observed people using chelation, I've often seen the kids get very sick. So my preference, and this is a personal preference, but my preference is to go to the more gentle forms of chelation if indeed there is a problem with... um, 
mercury, but or any toxins really, which is pretty much all of us. So I met this boy, and um, this particular story actually is international, so we're definitely on the road. This is a little boy in Italy, and I um, I met him, and the thing that the parents were having the biggest problem with was the intermittent aspect of the way he could or could not understand them, would or would not listen, did or did not respond, um, would or would not uh, say words. And it seemed to them that maybe he was having seizures, maybe he was faking it. And the faking it or the, yes, if you can do it in this spot, why can't you do it in that spot attitude, shows up a lot in you know, the various families dealing with this kind of intermittent because they don't understand it. So I meet this little boy and I'm wondering if myself, you know, if he's having absent seizures and I start playing with him and it just looked so much like when I would go in and out of my ability to focus from this mercury issue. And so I thought, you know, I wonder if that's it. And of course I have the advantage. I I do do neural feedback. And so I am able to look at EEG and I didn't see any signs of seizure activity. And the family had already had worn, you know, he'd worn a 24 hour EEG kit and they not found any seizure activity. I mean, he'd been looked at. And so the question of intermittence had turned into something that was causing a lot of stress in the family and a lot of anger with the child because they felt like perhaps he was just pretending. So I'm playing with him and playing with him and I'm watching this and I'm watching this and I'm looking at his brain and really it just looked like mercury to me. So I took a shot, I, you know, I suggested they have him tested and sure enough he had an awful lot of not just mercury but he had some aluminum and some lead. And so they started detoxing him and they detoxed him with gentle methods because they felt the same way. They didn't want to try and intervene this type of chelation and they weren't comfortable with the pills. So they went through a myriad of things with baking soda baths and Epsom salt baths and clay baths. And the one that really seemed to help him a teensy bit every single day was baking soda. Go figure. So baking soda baths it was. After about a year, he was able to respond pretty consistently and talk pretty consistently. And, of course, we helped with neurofeedback and with play and with some changes uh, out of, you know, how to, how to respond to his behavior. But the, the thing that was really interesting was this change in intermittent. And I think that that was mostly baking soda baths. So here you go. Today's answer. <laughs> if the child could do it yesterday and can't do it today, that doesn't necessarily mean he's faking. He might just need a baking soda bath. This is a new spin on autism, definitely today. Answers. I'm Lynette Louise, your story teacher host, and thank you for being here. Because if you weren't here, I'd just be talking to myself. Next week, really exciting. Next week, we're doing... Uh, interviews with a whole bunch of kids on and off the spectrum. It's called Are You Normal Now? Till then, 